Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to Go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is Tuesday, July 26th. I can't believe it's already almost the end of the month. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here in Bend, Oregon. Uh, on the line with me is my sister, Julie Dolan, normally in Dallas, Texas, but currently in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. Julie, how are you? I'm good, Liz, but I'm, I'm sorry you mentioned the date because I really go into a big downward spiral as soon as August hits because okay. it means it's the end of summer. So don't mention the date anymore. <laughs> it's Tuesday. It's the summertime. Okay. Things are good. Okay. Okay. It's just a Tuesday in the summer. You're right about that, especially because now, like in the West, more than I think in the East, like school starts in August. Everything really starts up again in August. When we were growing up, in Connecticut, nothing started until after Labor Day, so August was still the summer. But that's not true anymore. No, that's and particularly in the South as well, Liz. You know, a lot of schools start mid-August. Sports camps the first week in August, so it's all over, Liz. So, okay, okay, that's a big do- downer. So you gotta like you gotta change direction. <laughs> okay, all right, let's 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 pull her up. I know later on in the show, uh, we're getting a report on your Nana Camp, which just opened. Oh, yeah. It's been a frenzy. Uh, I'll be reporting on it. Uh, And I made a big strategic decision about activities to include and some not to include. That's the most important thing is deciding what not to do. Yeah. All right. We also, you know, I was thinking about this, Julie. I think we, Satellite Sisters, is probably the only podcast in the comedy section of iTunes that has a full-time Vladimir Putin watcher on our staff, right? And that, that and that would be you. He'd, I have I've been on his case for a long time. Now there are a lot of Johnny Come Latelys this week. I know that are you know that are jumping into the whole Russian spying bandwagon. But I am your homegrown expert, Liz. Okay, <laughs> because I did live there for five years. Yes, I learned a thing or two about spying when yes. I was over there. <laughs> and you've been trying to keep Vladimir Putin on our radar screen for quite a while. So yes, yes. This I, week it seems like not only is he in the middle of the DNC story, he's also in the middle of the the IOC story. So we're going to tackle both of those, right? Absolutely, Liz. Uh, then there's something on your list called Super Flashers. I'm getting the feeling I don't even want to know what that is. This is such as if the big M, menopause, wasn't bad enough. Some new research that's even worse, Liz. And we just, I just, I read it. I was just, it's soul crushing, Liz. That's the only way I can describe it. <laughs> I thought we were bringing the mood back up here. Bring I know, up. but we have, we have to. It's a it's a perfect Tuesday topic, Liz. Yeah. Okay, and after the heavy, you know, spying IOC thing, we need to move in a different direction. Yeah. All right. All right. And then you know, the highlight of the show, like the big positive boost at the end, is going to be our special guest. You you know, we don't do this all that often. Uh, bring people on who are in our lives, but many Satellite Sisters know the name Corny Cole. Corny Cole was our longtime executive producer for the years that Satellite Sisters was on ABC Radio. She abandoned us at a certain point uh, to, go, <laughs> to go work for Oprah. Nothing so, personal. Nothing it was personal. Not per- No, we don't think anyway. Right. And so some of you know her name because for several years she produced Gail King's show on Sirius XM. So you would often hear Gail talking to Corny on the air. Anyway, you know who's sitting in my living room right now, Julie Dolan? 
I don't know Liz who. Actually, I do know, but go ahead. Tell it's, us. Corny Cole is here for a little bit of vacay in central Oregon. Corny arrived a couple of days ago with her dog, Bitsy. So we're having a grand time, Corny and Bitsy and me and Ferris. So we will be, I will be calling my living room from my bedroom. And we will be, we will be interviewing Corny Cole on today's Satellite Sister show. It doesn't get any better than that. I think you're going to win a technical Emmy for this uh, podcast, Liz. There's not many podcasts do that. Call from the bedroom into the living room to make the show happen. Uh, but well, you, you can know, do it, Liz. Yeah. Well, if I knew how to have both of us in the same place, how to make that work technically, uh, I, Liz, might, I might attempt that. But we don't know how to do that, Julie, because none of us have ever been in the same place. No, no, that's the secret to our success, Liz, is we are working together by ourselves, right? <laughs> We've said that from the beginning. Okay, so, uh, yeah, so Russian expert in the house, Julie Dolan, um, when I saw the major Russian espionage story on the front page of the New York Times yesterday, I was like, yes, we, even though it's a Tuesday show, we're supposed where we're supposed to, you know, do shallow topics. We can go deep on Russian espionage. So, what do you make of the latest charges that the Russians were behind the hack of the DNC computers? First of all, it's just incredible. When I first heard it, I thought, oh, that Democratic spos- spokesperson is really—he is just making a fool of himself. That the that the theft and the leak of these embarrassing DNC emails, you know, was was somehow was done by the Russians. But, huh, guess what? It's done by the Russians. (laughs) And this should come as no surprise. It comes really as no surprise to me either, Liz, because I have said this for a long time. I lived there in Moscow for five years. It's the land of spies. I mean, it is spying is a major industry there. Mm-hmm. Even with after the collapse of the Soviet Union, when they didn't really have quite the same need to spy, uh, you know, because the Cold War was over, the U.S. had won, but not so much. The Russians didn't get that message. They just kept spying. And mm-hmm. we, uh, living there, you certainly felt that. I mean, I, you know, have told you that, you know, in my apartment, uh, I had light bulbs in my house, in my apartment that, you know, never went out in the four or five years that we lived there. Now, how is that possible? <laughs> I, I was, the only way it's possible is because people were coming into our apartment and putting bugs in, in stuff. You know, we, you know, routinely had to have our apartment, uh, uh, you know, screen for bugs. And guess what? They found bugs. Okay. <laughs> people were spying there and we were nobodies, Liz. We were really nobodies, but so I'm, you know, so yes, yeah. the spying goes on. And can I just th- say one thing here? Cause I was thinking about the spying on you this morning because yeah. I just recirculated during the years you were living in Moscow. That was when we interviewed Bill Clinton on Satellite Sisters. Exactly. And I just reposted that show today because it's us talking to Bill Clinton about his ambition to be First Lady of the United States. And uh, so here we go. Eight years later, it's still a good question. How does he see that job for him, potentially? Uh, But I remember... Go ahead. Go ahead, Liz. But I remember when we were recording that, that you were sort of gleeful that all of the internal security agents who had been listening to your phone calls on Satellite Sisters for all those years, because you recorded our show from your home, from your apartment in Moscow, that finally they were getting their, their money's worth because we had someone on the air that they were actually interested in spying on. 
Right. We were just weren't just women talking about pets, bras and pies. Right, Liz? And there, there he was, the former president of the United States, because, that, you know, routinely we would have phone calls where all of a sudden my line would be cut, you know, and I assumed it was because if they were re- recording our, my phone calls that they needed to change the tapes from time to time. And so they would just cut the phone calls. We're joking about this, but this is sort of standard practice. So yes, yes, Russia is the land of spies. Number two, I think anyone who thinks that their email is private, well, they're dumbbells, Liz. Okay. So that, you know, that's uh, another thing to be uh, considered here, but Russia has a long history of hacking and more, and most recently, you know, they've done quite a bit of hacking. I don't know if you remember a few years ago, um, in Estonia, the Russian hackers were really uh, blamed with taking down all the government uh, computers. They disabled the newspaper and bank websites because Estonia was standing up to Russia. Again, Germany was hacked by the Russians. Of course, we hacked Germany too, but the Germans <laughs> did. So this is a common situation. So yeah. um, I spent some time in the last two days looking, uh, reading the Moscow Times, which is the English language paper um, uh, in Moscow. And of course, the Russians are denying this. Um, the head of their cybersecurity there, Liz, said that it is simply a case that perhaps the DNC forgot their pa- to change their password. Oh, that's, what oh. they, that's what they said. You know, that, yeah, um, we, we all make that mistake. Right, right. But I mean, that when the experts are saying this is totally, you know, a superb operational um, spycraft uh-huh. by the Russians, that they, of, of course, are going to go into servers where there would be information that would be embarrassing, that they could use, where they can use information as a weapon, Liz. That's yes. what, uh, so that's essentially what happened. But it's also interesting, I know there's a lot of theories that the Russians, that Putin was doing this because, you know, he wants to tip the scales in favor of his good friend Donald Trump. However, a lot of the international affairs analysts, Russian analysts, are saying, no, listen, the primary objective of all this spying is that the, you know, the, and the leaking of this information right before the Democratic National Convention is not to influence the Donald Trump campaign, but it's totally to retaliate and discredit Clinton for her smears against uh, Vladimir Putin. Vladimir Putin has is very, very sensitive, Liz, and he doesn't like it when people criticize him. Really? And, no. Oh. And so, so, uh, so that's, you know, that's one working theory. And then the whole fact that the DNC was doing it, uh, in my mind, is very Russian, you know, trying to influence, you know, pretending it's all democratic in the Democratic National uh, Convention, but behind the scenes there, everybody's pulling strings and, you know, trying to change the narrative. Very Russian, Liz. Uh- I also just keep going back to the fundamental rule I have about email, Julie. Like, just assume someday it could all be public. So yeah. If you have that as your screen, you would stop writing some of these insane emails, right? Why are people oversharing on email when it's so clearly a flawed way of communicating yes. with each other? Nothing is ever going to be secret on your email. So the fact that whether it's corporate leaders or political leaders or, you know, you name it, all of the, if you think about the Sony hack in Hollywood and all the nasty things people were emailing to each other about this star or that director, it's just crazy that people still think 
their their email is private or they treat it as if no one is ever going to see it when I think it's been proven hundreds of times that everybody is going to see it. I mean, isn't that the decision rule? I mean, I was taught like when email first came out, don't write anything on email that you don't want on the front page of the New York Times. Yeah. And lo and behold, here it is all. It's all on the front page of the New York Times, Liz. <laughs> okay. And so keeps- my favorite, favorite part, though, of the New York Times story about the Russian espionage is deep into the story. If you read that far, you uh-huh. get into the details of the Russian code names. Yes. And this is really critical if you're going to be a spy to have a good code name, I think. All and right. Oh, yeah. So I, I sent that paragraph to you because uh-huh. I knew that I wanted to talk to you about it today. Like what makes a good code name? So the code names that the Russians were using for this hack of the DNC computers were Cozy Bear yeah. and, and Fancy Bear. Okay. You got to love those, Liz. I mean, the bear, you know, it's the national symbol of, I know. of Russia. They just love Misha, you know, the bear. So I so, like that. Okay. But it just seems, it just seems a little on the nose to me, Julie, that your code name would so clearly give away the fact that you are Russia. But so I was thinking like what your code name or my code name could be if we were in on this operation. Oh, okay. So I, I looked up other bears, Julie, like what other, if we were going to go with the bear theme, yeah. What might some good bear-themed code names be for you or for me? And there are lots of bears. When you you just Google like bear names in movies and television, and there are lots of excellent choices. Okay, I, I, I eliminated a couple. I eliminated the Charmin Bear right off the top because nobody wants their code name to be Charmin Bear. No. And I also eliminated Sexual Harassment Bear, which if you watch South Park. That bears, oh, oh, which I don't lose okay. because that I bears, for that show. That but yes, okay. also known as PD, but PD is sexual harassment. Sexual harassment panda is that is that is that bear's name. So I eliminated those two. But here are some other choices, Julie, that I thought uh, you might want to think about. There's of course Baloo from oh. Jungle Book. Yeah. There's Gentle Ben. Um, but Always I'm thinking. Yeah, I'm thinking that might not be a good name for a spy. It's not very threatening. No. But neither is Cozy Bear. Yeah, it's counterintuitive, isn't it, Liz? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes maybe Gentle Ben, that could be the most insidious of uh, the hackers. Uh, so that could be a good name, Liz. Yeah. And then, of course, there's Pooh Bear. But I think our sister, Leon Dolan, would immediately claim that code name. <laughs> yeah, we're going to give that to Leon. I think, uh, I think you might be a good Fozzie Bear. Okay, Liz, I, I, I think he has a sunny disposition. I try to have one, and so that could be good for me. And then there's Smokey Bear, uh, which a classic. is a classic. That's a classic. classic. Yeah. But then if you and I wanted to do this as a team, uh-huh. you know, because that's what we're all about is sisterhood, right? That power of connection. Uh-huh. Maybe Yogi Bear and Boo Boo. And I'd be, for the purposes of this, I'd be willing to be boo-boo if you, you wanted, would, if you wanted to be yogi. Well, you're the Russian expert, Julie. So, right. you know, and you're practically in Jellystone Park right now. They are yes. in, in Steamboat Springs, Colorado. So and we both love picnics. So I, I think those would be good names, Liz. <laughs> okay. 
So Yogi and Boo Boo will be the names that we will now operate under in any of our hacking operations, which which is pretty limited. You know, it's just – but the other day, did you watch the fantastic uh, carpool karaoke with James Corden and uh, our first lady, Michelle Obama? I mean, she just hit it out of the park, Liz. Yes. I mean, she has been an outstanding first lady. Outstanding. I, I actually, you know, I'm re- there's a lot of first lady coverage um, this year, uh, both about Michelle Obama and then the potential of Bill Clinton. I see there's big headlines about first dude. Now, of course, we've been covering this here at Satellite Sisters for many years, but really hats off to Michelle Obama. She just has been a, an inspiring first lady, and that was so cute cute and so fun. Yes. So her carpool karaoke was great and her speech last night at the DNC was great, but she has a terrible code name, Julie. I uh, know her code name is Renaissance. What kind of code name is that? That's, you know, as Leanne said, it's just too many syllables. It's just, yeah, too- it's not, it's not short and snappy. It doesn't take you anywhere, nope. you know, in terms of your imagination. Uh, so, uh, I don't know, I, no. but it's a nice word. So perhaps they just, you know, they just wanted to start off on a, you know, on a good, good f- footing with uh, the Obamas and just gave her a nice name. Yeah. You know, I don't well, know. He's, he's renegade. Yeah. And she yeah. explained in the carpool karaoke that you get a letter and then yeah. like, so in their family, they all have to be R. But yeah. I enjoyed James Corden's suggested name for himself, which was Pop- Papa Smurf. Because <laughs> he actually kind of has that. Papa Smurf, uh, you know, yeah. ethos. Yeah, you can you can see him blue. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. But we're just going to go with Yogi Bear and Boo Boo for now, as okay. we as we continue to cover uh, the Russian operations. So I mean, this is this is not going to go away. I mean, this is I mean, there is nothing that makes Vladimir Putin more happy than being the center of the universe and the center of all conversation in the world, and yeah. that's pretty much where he is today. And that, you know, nothing, another sort of key phrase that I learned when I was in Russia, uh, I only learned it in English. I don't know how to say it in Russian, of course, is that nothing in Russia happens that first doesn't start in the Kremlin. Uh So you can be sure that these were Kremlin directed um, hacking uh, that went on. And I understand our FBI is now widening the probe and I hope, you know, but uh, we can, you can be sure that the Russians will continue to do this in the future. So, well, maybe I know that your grandchildren speak fluent Russian, so maybe you can ask them how to say that in Russian. <laughs> okay, I'll work on it. Liz, you know we love talking about FrameBridge, don't we? We do <laughs> because, because there are just so many fun things to frame, Leon, aren't there? Right. Anything. You can just upload a digital photo from your phone and they can print it and frame it. And that is a gift right there, a gift people would love getting. But Liz, you recently had quite an exciting FrameBridge experience. Would you like to share? Would you like to? I talked about how when we were at the Bruce Springsteen concert, I was with our brother Dick, his wife Susan, his two kids, and one of the roadies threw us the set list at the end of the show, which was amazing to get the actual set list for the actual concert in Los Angeles. And we're like, oh, yeah, any day now, that's going to be in a place of honor in their home. Sure enough, Leon, they have already frame-bridged it and sent it to us with a picture. So I'll be in Bend next week, so I'll get to see it. But it's just excellent use of the frame-bridge resources, the Bruce Springsteen set list. 
Fantastic. And this is gift giving season. So if you have a graduation coming up, a wedding, a shower, Mother's Day, Father's Day, look around. I'm sure you have something fun you can frame and Framebridge can do it for you. It's easy and it's affordable to frame just about anything. You get fair and transparent upfront pricing based on the size of your item. There's a great selection of frames. And as we've said in the past, fast service, free shipping, great for gifts. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Liz, not many things in life give you a happiness guarantee, but Framebridge does. If you're not 100% happy with your piece, they will make it right. So if this but sounds like- you are like... going to be happy, okay? Yeah. And that's just the Satellite Sisters promise. You're going to be out. You're going to be happy you did it. See why Framebridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit framebridge.com or see a local Framebridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything, like a Bruce Springsteen set list. That's framebridge.com. Thanks, Framebridge. Liz and Leanne here, and we are so grateful to have Osea support Satellite Sisters. Why? Because it's just a great product. Holy cow, do we we love Osea's skin and body care. And you know what? This Mother's Day, just look no further than Osea. Spoil the moms in your life with the little luxuries from Osea. The moms, the stepmoms, the bonus moms, the people who bring a touch of something special to your life, aunts, grandmothers, they would love a little Osea this Mother's Day. And you can get 10% off your first order by using our code SATSisters at OseaMalibu.com. And Liz, you know what every mother and mother figure needs? What? More moisture, Liz. They need more moisture in their skin. <laughs> in no their kidding. skin. I mean, really, the creams, the lotions, the oils. I love it all. That duo they have going. Oh. Like, you can't miss with the duo of Osea. Liz, the mega moisture duo. Yes. You can you can literally see your skin get firmer. And it just delivers <laughs> this full body glow. Okay, you know we have raved about the Andaria Algae Body Oil. Mm -hmm. Well, pair that with the Andaria Collagen Body Oil. Youthful, yeah. Liz. A youthful yeah. glow is going to happen. <laughs> and it's infused with Osea's signature Andaria Seaweed. So it just smells so delicious, doesn't it? I know you're talking about giving it as a gift. I also suggest just giving it to yourself <laughs> because you're worth it. <laughs> that's, that's true. That is absolutely true. Okay, that moisture duo I mentioned too is a great value because you can save 16% plus the extra 10% with our code Sad Sisters. So this is it. This is a win-win-win Mother's Day gift. Spoil the moms in your life with clean vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code SATSisters at OseaMalibu.com. And you get free samples in every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Osea is spelled O-S-E-A. So head on over to OseaMalibu.com and use code SATSisters for 10% off. Thanks, Osea. Okay, so speaking of Vladimir Putin, just trying to like confuse the whole world and mix everything up. Can we can we talk about the Olympics now? Because again, the Russians are at the heart of undermining the Olympics. Right, Liz. I think we have to title this segment. You called it right. You yeah. called this last week, right? Mm -hmm. You said, you know, it was a bit, the big decision about whether or not the IOC was going to enforce the ban and ban the whole Russian team was, you know, put in front of the IOC. And you have a little more familiarity with this organization than I do. And you didn't 
think that they were going to do the right thing, that they were going to step up and ban mm-hmm. the, just the egregious, you know, violations, doping violations that went on during the so- Sochi Olympics. But what did the IOC do, Liz? No, they, they, they sort punted. of punted. They yeah. completely punted. Yes, they said that the IOC ruled that instead of banning all of the Russian athletes, they would leave it up to the individual governing bodies of the individual sports. Now, the track and field athletes are already banned uh, for the Russian track and field athletes. But, you know, by punting it and leaving it up to the individual sports governing bodies, who in many cases are almost as corrupt as the IOC itself, (laughs) I just think it's unlikely you're going to see dramatic action to clean this up, which is why WADA, the World Anti-Doping Agency, they called this disappointing. They were kind of disappointed disappointed that, uh, that they decided to do nothing. But again, it's sort of the Russian spycraft at the heart of this. Right. I, I mean, yes, because they they had set up a whole whole system in Sochi to compromise the testing lab there, the uh, the Olympic testing lab, where all the tainted samples were taken out of the la- lab through a tiny hole behind, you know, that they had a, some little table in front of in the lab, and they were replaced with clean samples so the Russian athletes could continue to compete. And uh, they did very well in Sochi, Liz. They won a lot of medals. So, uh, um, yeah, so they're they're at the heart of this. But even the fact that the IOC did not enforce this ban, it's because they're afraid of Vladimir Putin, Liz. They're mm-hmm. afraid of him, okay? <laughs> he probably has the dirt on them. Oh, he no probably, doubt. Oh, yeah. He definitely has Cozy Bear or one of Cozy Bear's <laughs> brothers or sisters hacking into all of the members of the IOC. So, yes. and I'm sure he has, you know, tapes, videotapes, you know, he has conversations. He has it all on these members. So yes. they were never going to ban, ban um, the whole Russian delegation because they're afraid. So, I mean, to date, they've uh, there have been individual sporting groups or sporting organizations have banned an additional 17 athletes. I think this morning they came out and announced that five sprint canoeists, Russian canoeists, will not be participating. Sprint so canoeing, they, that's a sport? Okay. Yes, Liz, and they just paddle like heck. You know, they go very <laughs> short distances and they just paddle, okay. paddle, paddle. All but right. so having some performance-enhancing drugs for that, you could really make a difference in your canoe. You can see that. I can see so that that would be, yeah, that would be helpful if that was your sport. Yeah, so and uh, seven swimmers, individual swimmers, have been disqualified. But there will be a swimming delegation, judo, wrestling, tennis will be in, but not Maria Sharapova, who uh-huh. uh, usually competes for the for the Russians, because she's already been banned from playing tennis for two years mm-hmm. because she was caught doping and rowing. So they will. So so they'll be there. But, you know, it's kind of sad. I don't know. What are you thinking, Liz? Well, uh, I just know. I mean, Leon and I will be representing Satellite Sisters at the Olympics, not participating as a member of any team, but just there. You know, because we enjoy the Olympics and we, we we want to be able to come back and tell you all the stories. I just know, like, none of this is going to spoil our fun at all. I really, uh, I could not care less. And sprint canoeing, now that I know it's a sport, is it's not a sport we would have gone to anyway, Julie. Because, okay. Because it violates, we only have a couple of rules about what we're going to see and not see. But one of our rules is nothing that involves standing water. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. Because we're assuming that's where the, all the mosquitoes will be attending that event. 
So, yes, I know. But you if know. you were a sprint canoeist, you'd be moving so fast. You really don't have to worry about the mosquitoes. That's what I, I know, think. But if you were a spectator, that's mosquito heaven there, just yeah. sitting watching yeah. a bunch of canoeing events. So we wouldn't have seen that anyway. So I officially do not care. Uh, but it is it is too bad for the other athletes who are competing because I think it's fair for athletes to expect that they're competing against other athletes who are clean. You know, right. to pit right. clean athletes against dirty athletes just sort of ruins the obviously the fairness of it, but also the fun of it for the actual athletes. But anyway, um, we're going to be enjoying the sports we're at. That's all I know. Okay. Well, I have to tell you, I, I'm I'm sort of embarrassed to admit this, but this morning as I was going through this, I was looking at my two grandchildren, who you know they have both they are U.S. citizens, but they also hold Russian passports mm-hmm. uh, and speak Russian. And I was just looking at them as could they, now that there are all these openings on the Russian Olympic team, perhaps, <laughs> perhaps with some work. We could do, we could, I could train one of them to be a sprint canoeist, you know? Okay. I, well, you know, I mean, there's good, this, you got to look at the opportunities list. That's the way, that's the way. But so uh, if it's four I'm year joking. cycles, I would give yourself then like 12 years. You could get, you could get the oldest Alice like shaped up for something as a Russian. Yeah. I think that's yeah. true. If, or you could just give her a code name Fuzzy Bear and, uh, <laughs> See if she can make some other contribution to her homeland. I, th- I think she can. I think she can. I, I'm not. I, I, again, it was only a fleeting moment. It just crossed crossed my mind and then went out. Okay. Well, I, it's I, like American hockey players who you see skating for Ireland in the winter right. games. You know, that happens all the time. So uh, so why not? But then you're going to have to start drug testing Alice and Ben pretty soon just to make sure. <laughs> Okay. Okay. I really don't want to do that either. Okay. All right. Well, let me, uh, let me uh, just, I, I wanted to, I'm going to switch the, uh, switch the sort of mood. I mean, cause these are two heavy topics yes. that we've talked yes. about Russian hacking and then the Olympics. But I did want to mention a story that is right up our alley for the Tuesday show. And it's just horrifying. It's, and this is under the headline of just more bad news about menopause. I mean, we generally don't even like to talk about that subject on Satellite Sisters because it's just all bad news. Mm -hmm. There's nothing positive. But this morning in the New York Times, in the science section, the headline was the unlucky super flashers. Okay. So I think we're all familiar with what a hot flash is, that sudden feeling of like burning up. Okay. And that you know, researchers are the, the myth that we've been told is that that most women, you know, hot flashes occur for a couple of years. That's that's the thing. But sadly, that some new research came out that there are women uh, in, in fact, up to a quarter of all women that they are now calling super flashers. And these are women that are experiencing. Uh, just the worst of two possibilities. Uh, they they uh, experience hot flashes with early onset um, menopause and also they late onset menopause. So they have examples of women, like some poor woman that they have included in the study, her, poor Lynn, she started having hot flashes when she's 47, okay? She is now 70 years old, Liz, which means if you do the math in your head, <sighs> 23 years she's been having hot flashes. <laughs> Wait a minute. It started at 47 and continued all the way through to Wait, now. Just, it never stopped? It never stopped. This is now a new group 
that they've identified of women, a a quarter of all women would be in this group that are experiencing both, you know, they start early and they continue late. And so in her case, 23 years of Oh, yeah, man. yeah. I, if, if there's that, maybe that makes you feel better. I don't know. I know, but they, you know, they're saying that that you know this now this group of women that for 15 years or more they can have hot flashes. Oh my gosh. Oh, my so God. Uh, and of course there's really nothing they can do about it. You know that they can do a little hormone therapy or maybe not. Researchers are really surprised that this is such a large cohort and that indeed that these women are experiencing these symptoms. For so many years. So that's that's the story, Liz. <laughs> that is pretty depressing. You know, to me, Julie, it also goes to show really how limited the investigation of women's health overall, but menopause in general, has been over many, many decades. These things were never really looked into. It was just sort of dismissed as a side category of overall health because it only applied to half the population. And now they're actually starting to look into, uh, in more depth, some of the science of what women's bodies really go through. So anyway, well, that's a bummer. Super flasher. I thought it sounded like it was going to be something really fun to be, but I don't think no. so. No, not, not one bit. <laughs> All right. So uh, I want to get the story on what's going on at Nanocamp. But first... Okay. I'm going to bring in our special guest because she'll want to hear it too. So okay. we'll talk about Nanocamp, but first I'm going to add to this call our longtime friend and executive producer, hang on, Corny Cole, sitting in my living room at this very moment. Let's add her right now. And she has a very scary photo of herself on her Skype page, Julie, so don't be alarmed. <laughs> Corny, hello, Corny, yes. Corny Cole. We I always called you the sixth sister. Welcome to Satellite Sisters. Such a pleasure. It's been too long. <laughs> it has been too long. Okay. All right. Well, Julie was just about to tell us about Nana Camp, so I thought you would want to hear that. And yes, because then because then we can talk about what's been going on here in Bend, which Great. has been fun. So, okay, Joel. Nana Camp, how's okay, it going? Well, so Nana Camp, this is week one. As I said, it started with a frenzy uh, because uh, my two grand, oldest grandchildren, Alice, who's nine, and Benj- Benjamin, who's seven, arrived. And they've been here and they've come to st- – this is their second summer at Nana Camp. And they just wanted to do everything all on the first day. You know, like they wanted to hike. They wanted to swim. They wanted to fish. They wanted to go down the alpine slide. You name it. They wanted to do it all on the first day. So we've been trying to just – get into a pace and a rhythm, which A, you know, I want enough activity that they're worn out at the end of the day so they don't turn to me at 8 o'clock at night and say, can we go swimming? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> because <laughs> Nana is tired. But at the same time, not too many activities because they're up here for two weeks and we want to make sure we do everything. So I think we're, we're settling into, into a good rhythm today. Today we have two activities, bike, bike riding and then tubing. Okay. So that's going to be a, a pretty fun day, but I've also been, you know, trying to add other elements to my camp this summer. This is my time alone with my grandchildren. And I had kind of a dilemma because, you know, as of course you girls know that the uh, democratic national convention is on this week. And I thought, 
well, I wonder maybe if we should watch a little of the convention. The coverage comes on early here in Colorado. Uh, but then I backed off because here's, here's I, I made a new policy as a Nana, or I, I articulated it, is that it is not my job as the grandmother to to inculcate grandchildren with either religion or politics. That's that's the way I feel about it. Okay. I really feel that's the parents' role. Okay. Um I want to be a good example to them in both of those categories, but that's not my job. And I felt like if I started, you know, if I started on the politics, perhaps that would not be the politics of my son and daughter in law. You know, I I don't want to get into that. So uh, so was but I did feel that in lieu of watching the Democratic National Convention, what it allowed us is to have more time at the dinner table to work on table manners, which I think <laughs> is totally up the alley of a grandmother. Okay. Oh, okay. I don't feel like I'm Can I just jump in here? Because this is where I feel like this is the difference between the role of an aunt and the role of a grandmother. So, yeah. you, you know, as an aunt, I would, I would not do religion, politics, or table manners. That would just be not my thing. That is totally parental. But I, I'm willing to give you that grandparents are allowed to enforce some limited manners or teach some. I'll, I'll give yeah. you that. Yeah, and I, and I, I certainly don't want to give the impression that my grandchildren are ill-mannered. But, you know, table manners, that just requires consistent hounding every single meal. Right, Liz? That's how we That does up. sound fun. Yeah. Yes. But that's certainly the way our parents taught us. Corny, so Corny, in your household, who enforced the table manners? Oh, definitely my mother. Yeah, uh, my mom grew up uh, next to a lake, and if ever we had our elbows on the um, table, she would always say, "My, the lake is rough tonight," <laughs> and we all knew that that was a sign to pull our elbows off of the table, and oh. that was uh, consistently reinforced oh. in the in the Colt household. I like the secret code, though. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that way, was... when when visitors came. <laughs> they would look at her like, we're not near a lake. <laughs> what is she saying? <laughs> okay, Julie, so how's that going? Uh, well, as you can imagine, you know, young, young, uh, you know, seven and nine-year-olds, they don't really love a lot of table manor instruction, but we're working on the elbows. That's, we're just, you know, just a couple of things around the edges. Uh, I, I think, I, you know, but I think they're respecting the fact that, Okay, this is Nana. This is Nana Camp, and these are going to be the rules when you sit down, uh, sit down to eat. So uh-huh. that's it. So no religion, no politics, but manners, Liz. That's going on this week at Nana Camp, <laughs> and all of the outdoor activities. But oh, yeah. oh, but yeah. one at a time. One at two at a time, Liz. You okay. need two at a time. Two, two at a time. Two two a days, Liz. That's what we're doing, and that seems to be working out uh, for both Nana and the campers. Yep. Okay. Well. Here, What's going on here? Here in Bend, we're having sort of our own camp, wouldn't you say, Corny? Yes, we are. I, I'm enjoying the Liz camp. <laughs> or I was thinking about calling it the Lizness camp, but uh, the Liz camp it is. Yeah. <laughs> Loving we, it. We So when did you, you rolled in here Sunday lunchtime, right? Yep, rolled in on Sunday. Uh, and uh, Liz gave me a tour of the beautiful cottage. And uh, she showed me to my own private penthouse suite. Which, which I just love. Which is also but, known as Monica's room. But, you know, but Monica's not here. Uh, does Nana Camp have private penthouse suites? Yes, indeed we do, uh, Carney. 
Yes. So if you would like to sign on for next summer as a junior counselor, <laughs> things could be arranged. Yeah. Excellent. And there's there's so much room up there that uh, my dog, Bitsy, who has accompanied me, has her own private penthouse suite as well <laughs> if she chooses to use it. <laughs> the And uh, let's see, yesterday we had some fun outdoor activities. Yes, yes. Um, because uh, Liz Camp is so... Um, concerned with with our with my physical well-being she took me to um she's she's interested in my physical uh fitness regimen so yesterday she took me to a water jogging class at the uh olympic sized public pool mm-hmm. and how did that how did that go corny uh, well, you know lucky me uh i had my own personal coach uh <laughs> we were running running through the water uh thought i was doing really well and then i felt a tap on my shoulder from a fellow swimmer and and I heard this excuse me girlfriend girlfriend and and all I was thinking in my head was please don't be talking to me and then she, she tapped on my shoulder again yeah you you're all over the place and then she proceeded to uh to lecture me on on good form of running in the water so who even knew that there was good form running in the water how can, how can she see your form in the water right I have no idea it was was intense she told me i had the wrong size belt on which i don't know how she could know because that was beneath water um yeah it was it was a little bit embarrassing and then liz came to my rescue thank god but julie can i ask you this as long as you're the self-appointed manners expert yeah it just when i heard this woman start to engage corny in like instruction uh, like telling her what to do. And bear in mind, we had an instructor there. It's not like we were just freelancing around in the pool. There was an instructor with a headset telling us what to do and how to do it. And this woman just took it upon herself to start instructing Corny. And it just, like in any kind of exercise class, I don't, I don't ever like the instructor to know my name because I hate when they call you by name and... <laughs> You know, oh, I guess you're gonna call you out. They, yes, Liz, you feel Liz, a, move your elbow. You feel a little bit called out, but I understand they're trying to help. But what would your ruling be from the manners point of view about whether a fellow student in the class is allowed to just take it upon themselves to correct your form? That just seems wrong on every level to me. I think you have to employ the water polo rule. Yeah, have you ever seen water polo in the Olympics, Corny? Mm-hmm. Where yes, above, yes. The, above the water, they're all smiles and they're tossing the ball around. Below the water, <laughs> they are kicking and clawing <laughs> and dunking. I think you got to go back to that jogging class, and you got to, you have to employ the water polo rule. Yeah. So you're saying I should have I should have taken out my uh, yes. my, my personal coach, your tormentor. Yes. Yes, <laughs> totally spectacular. Anything that goes on below the surface, that's all. Just say it's it's fair in the Olympics if, if she complains. <laughs> just appeal to the IOC. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're Excellent. going back to class this afternoon, so I want to see if that happens. <laughs> if we can take her out under the water. Um, Another we'll- one of my, my favorite um, – uh, parts about the Liz camp is the mandatory uh, two hour afternoon nap. <laughs> you have that. Do you have that at Nana camp? You have to have rest hour. Okay. Mine's not two hours, <laughs> but if I get an hour, I think that's heaven. So yes, half that there is a reason that every camp everywhere has a rest hour. We yeah. all need it. Okay. I, yeah. Well, I, I, I can I just say two. 
It's not napping is not required. It's just free time. I, right. If you if you choose to nap, which you know I have napped for short portions of that, but in the other half of the two hour block yesterday, I went out and I got our smorgasbord for the other big activity, which was uh, convention watching last night. So <laughs> I feel like I made the best use of the two hour time block. Because by the time you came down from your nap, Corny, did I not have a very nice display of charcuterie, cheeses, there were vegetables. It was was pretty okay. So so I I chose to sleep the entire two hours, and I had no idea that that Liz had had left the the cottage and returned. And by the time I got down, yeah, there was just this beautiful display of antipasta hors d'oeuvres awaiting me. And then I sat down to watch the convention and Liz served me a beautiful glass of wine. Mm-hmm. Do you, do you do that at Nana camp? No, no, it's no. a non-alcoholic camp here. Come on. <laughs> we did, we did have root beer floats last night though. That, Oh, Ooh, maybe we see? should try that tonight, Corny. You, that you, sounds good. They're, they're still good. That's my report. They're still just fantastic. Yeah. Here's, a, here's another thing I did also, last night, um, Julie. Oh. Julie, you'll be surprised. Maybe you also did this at Nana Camp. I actually made potato salad last night. Homemade potato salad. Uh, I haven't done that, Liz. I'm very impressed. How did it come out, Liz? Because you, you, you know, you just haven't spent much time in the kitchen, even no. though you have a fabulous kitchen. You have, uh, but it's just um, that you know you've been focused on other stuff. Other so. rooms in the house are really my strong yeah. suit. That's yeah, true. Yeah. I don't know, Corny. The you know, what did you think of my uh, my old fashioned potato salad? Pickles in potato salad. I have never had it, and I, it has changed my life. I, I loved it so Where much. have you been living that you haven't had pickles and potato salad? You never That's had like... pickles and potato salad. We have olives and potato salad at, at my home, but we don't have pickles. Oh, I, don't I don't know. know. We have mustard, but not pickles. Yeah. And chives, Julie. Okay. Chives. Divine. <laughs> she is she is my mother's daughter, you know. Just my mother always operated with chives. Yeah. It can really take any dish to the next level. And the first, uh, the first night of camp, uh, my camp counselor made um, hamburgers the size of my head, <laughs> and sweet corn and salad. Yeah, that sounds good. This, this is that what you eat at summer camp? I think that's what you eat at summer camp. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right, Corny. Uh, Corny, you are our guest, though. So instead of forcing you to talk about my culinary skills, let's catch up with you. Uh, because I think longtime listeners of Satellite Sisters may recall occasionally they would hear you on our show because you would be uh, posing questions. Sometimes, sometimes you were pre- pretending to be a caller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You have a lot of fake accents. You're really good at it. <laughs> Thank you for remembering that, Julie. That was, that, that's like the one skill that is, is totally not marketable, but I was able to use it on your show. <laughs> When we were just a little bit of when we were brand new on the air, we had been we had done a weekly one hour show um, for Public Radio International for three years. But then when we moved to ABC Radio and our show was live, it was a whole new world for us. And that's when we had 
corny at the controls, uh, making sure we could pull off a, a fun, live, lively show. So occasionally if she had to pretend, and we, we didn't have that many listeners because we were brand new. So if she had to pretend to be a listener, she was willing to do that for us. Absolutely. I, and that, that was honestly, you guys, one of the funnest times of my life um, in, in term professionally. I mean, such such a joy to work with you guys. And to this to this day, I mean, this podcast, it, it's just like a it's like a life link um, that is just so wonderful. Um, and I remember the, the one the bane of my existence early on um, in producing with you guys is that you had to have like new guest pretty much every five minutes uh. and I was the one that was responsible <laughs> for booking those and and at the time when we were doing what were we doing 15 16 70 18 live hours yeah. a week yeah yeah that was a lot of booking <laughs> that was a lot of booking for one woman and um, it was so it was corny that always told us the listeners don't want to really hear from your guests they just want to hear from you and we were like no way they want to hear from guests <laughs> But now, as you know, here we are all these years later, like, you're our only guest. Well, we occasionally have a guest, but I think we've learned how to just fill all the time ourselves, Corny, and that's due to you. Uh, I, I tune into the Satellite Sisters. I want to hear the Satellite Sisters, you know, <laughs> and, and, and I'm glad that you finally have come around. It's, it's, very, uh, it's vindicating. <laughs> but then, uh, okay, then you left our, uh, our operation to yep. go join Oprah Radio and yep. for for several years, you were the producer of Gail King's radio show. So some of our listeners right now might remember hearing you for those years on Gail's show, which was a fantastic show. I always listened on Sirius XM. Me too. Gail, Gail, had, more, Gail yeah, had a lot of fun, and you had a lot of fun with her. Yeah, she she's just hilarious. Uh, um, her ability to to just tell stories. You you just turn her on. You can put her in a room by herself and turn on a microphone, and she can talk for three, four, five hours straight and be entirely entertaining from beginning to end. Um, she she is one of the gi- most gifted storytellers uh, that that I've ever met. And it's so interesting because you watch her now. Now she is the uh, the co-host of the CBS Morning News with with Charlie. Um, uh, and and you, you you don't you you see little glimpses of that kind of bursting through. But she also has to retain her her newsy newsy facade. Um, but. Yeah, that that was so much fun, so much fun. I, I produced for her show. It was a live two-hour show for about about five years, um, and I was in Chicago, and Gail was in New York. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and then I also produced for Oprah's show. So Oprah um, had a radio show which was called uh, Oprah Soul Series, and that was kind of her material contribution above and beyond her name to the um, to the channel. So it was initially it was uh, XM uh, Radio that, that that partnered with Oprah, and yeah, we did we created a show called Soul Series, and in it she interviewed spiritual leaders, thought leaders, and it was just kind of it was it was fascinating. It was so much fun to it was just myself and my board operator and Oprah and 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 the guest, and it was just intimate and lovely and such a neat uh, neat show. And that eventually evolved into um, a show that's now on the Oprah Winfrey Network called Super Soul Sunday, and that is really what she considers the heartbeat of her of her network. So that was a privilege. And you you worked on the television show too, and I have to say, yep. I believe you have two Emmys for your work on that show. 
award-winning. All right. Or, or as you call them, shmemmies. Shmemmies. <laughs> Because they're not really even, they're not prime time, they're not really daytime. <laughs> Actually, uh, Shmemmies is, um, who who coined that phrase? Uh, oh, my mind slips me. But yes, I, I have two Shmemmies, and I call uh, them my, not reluctant Shmemmies, but it's pretty cool that you can be producing a radio show and then it end up winning a couple Emmys, so <laughs> that's kind of cool. That's the and, way to do it. And have been um, nominated on four different occasions as well. Okay. And I have – my mother's name is Emmy, so I really have the ultimate original <laughs> Emmy. Shout out to Emmy who's probably listening now. <laughs> That's true. Hey, it's Liz and Leanne here, and we want to thank Pros for supporting this episode of Satellite Sisters. Now, you know, Liz, I've been out and about with my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical. Mm -hmm. The book is getting rave reviews. I'm very happy. But you know what else is getting rave reviews? My hair, Liz. My hair from Pros is getting rave reviews. Leanne, I am not surprised. You have been on that Pros hair regimen for quite a while. I mean, you have good hair anyway, but now you have great hair mm -hmm. because you've really paid attention to it. Well, Liz, pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do, from their in-depth consultation to their made-to-order model. And you know what? I love the regimen they have me on. I, do I take the hair vitamins every day? Yes, I do. Do I use my shampoo and conditioner made especially for Lee and Dolan? Yes, I do. Do I sometimes use the leave-in conditioner when I, my hair's really dry? I do. And I even have a pre-scalp thing that they give me. Okay, pros, you, you're the boss. I'll take it. <laughs> you tell me what my hair needs. That sounds good. And here's the thing. It's personalization, Liz. For yeah. millions of possible formulas, only one is uniquely Leans. Okay? And I'm I'm using it. Pros mm -hmm. isn't just better for you. It's also better for the planet, Liz. They're a certified B Corp, cruelty-free, and the first and only carbon-neutral custom beauty brand. So, Pros, we love you. I love the photos of my hair. Couldn't be happier. <laughs> photos of your hair. There are people in the photos, too. That's the thing about a book tour. Everybody yeah. has their picture taken with Leon and then post it. So yeah. the hair is important. <laughs> Couldn't be happier, Pros. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin. They're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash sisters. So you get your free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash sisters. And pros is spelled P-R-O-S-E, pros.com slash sisters. Thanks, pros. Liz, summer is coming up and you know what that means? It means you're grilling. You're grilling and For chilling sure. there yes. with, your, with your butcher box. What, what do you got going on the grill this summer? Well, you know, here's the thing. Because I'm going to be up in, in Bend for part of the summer, I'm having my box sent there, Leanne. That's I mean, great. Go on vacation with your butcher box is what uh, what what I'm recommending. Yeah, either way, you're just gonna buy meat and fish and stuff when you get there. Why do that? Anyway, you I love their steaks. I love their scallops. The scallops are really good. And the chicken thighs, all good. I'm ready. That's right. Butcher Box gives you peace of mind and easy to find high quality meat and seafood you can trust. It's a hundred percent grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken pork that's raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood. 
no antibiotics or added hormones. And as Liz said, delivered right to your doorstep. And you can customize that delivery plan, Liz, right? Because it can go wherever you want it to go, whenever you want it to go. If you want to delay it a week, you know, speed it up a week, you just go to your ButcherBox account and you can make that all happen. It's so easy to manage online. Yeah. And if you're like Liz, you can take your ButcherBox on vacation, which is... It's nice. It's nice. <laughs> nice to have something familiar there. <laughs> yes. So if you want to take your meat on vacation, sign up at butcherbox.com slash sisters and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional 20% off. So you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash sisters and use code sisters to choose your free for a year offer. Plus get $20 off your first order. Thanks, ButcherBox. Nicole is one of our original listeners and still an extremely loyal listener, member of our Facebook group, the whole deal. So what are you doing with yourself now, uh, Corny Cole, uh, besides, uh, you know, uh, attending camp in Central Oregon? <laughs> I have decided to um, – I was part of the, the layoffs that they, that they had at uh, Harpo. So Harpo in Chicago uh, closed, and there were phased layoffs over the last year. And actually, uh, yesterday, they knocked down the storied Oprah studio. Um, and, uh, they, it's just completely rubble right now and they're making it into, um, I guess it's going to be like the headquarters for McDonald's. So they're revamping that whole space. But so I have, um, I'm kind of, I'm calling this a a gap year. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I have deliberately taken, uh, kind of the year off to really focus on what ultimately I would like to do. And that is write and create, you know, I, I have worked as a producer for so many, um, personalities and names. And now I really want to be the one that is the source of the content, um, which is very, it's scary. It's so scary. (laughs) <laughs> given but myself so good. but you started you started in acting i mean you i mean you're in your earlier career right so you yeah. should that, right i mean you wrote produced and performed several one-woman shows in los angeles in your younger days not not one-woman shows they were, oh. they were full-length oh. uh plays oh, right. so uh right. no i i would never have that courage to do a one-woman <laughs> show and i have no interest of in being in front of the camera or or in front of the microphone, for that matter. Um, I really want to uh, create content and then and then produce that. Okay. I want I want to get a uh, primetime Emmy to uh, to add to my to my um, And and so I've really been just kind of focusing on that. And and I, I kind of I, I look at this year as kind of the the ultimate. Um, uh, kind of challenge for myself, you know, how everybody is always saying that really follow your passion and that will, you know, ultimately lead to, to joy. And um, so, so I am taking this year and really focusing on that and, and we'll see if what everybody says is true. Or, um, <laughs> or you sound maybe... very confident, very confident, Corny. I like it. <laughs> Or I may be taking up permanent residence in Monica's room upstairs. <laughs> it's going to be a fight, fight for the death between you and Monica for that bed. Okay. Exactly. 
<laughs> yeah. And just taking time this year also to just reconnect with friends and with family. And uh, I quite like it. I've never taken time off, um, you know, in, in my adult life. And, and it is it's luxurious. So it's obviously my good fortune, Julie, that my gap year has overlapped Corny's gap year so we can gap it together. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. that's the answer to the question, Liz, that you're just gapping? Is that when people say, well, what are you doing now? Oh, just gapping. Just filling the gap. <laughs> just yeah. loving the gap, embracing the gap, embracing the gap. Yeah. Now, Corny, I want to ask you about some of this original content because I do follow you on Twitter and uh, it's, you know, you is your original content that you're working on. Is it going to center on your dog, Bitsy? Is it is that <laughs> because it is joyful, people, to follow Corny Cole on Twitter because pretty much every day there is just some adorable little uh, video or pictures of Corny, Corny's two dogs. And uh, they're in costumes. They're, like, doing tricks. They're fighting with each other. They're, uh, they're making up. It's all there. So it's human, human drama presented by Bitsy. And what your other dog's name is? Is Agnes. Agnes, yeah. Agnes, I did not bring up to Ben because she is uh, still a cr insane puppy and um, would not travel well. In other words, she throws um, up in the car, Julie. She's car sick. And I think a, a 15 hour drive would not, would not bode well. Um, but yes, in answer to your question, um, my burning um, passion, Julie, is to be able to monetize Bitsy. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I think that might be against the law, but go ahead. That's good. I had I had some dear friends over uh to to dinner a couple weeks ago. And uh and one of them had, had was a sister of a friend and and she came into my house. She saw, "Oh my god, it's the internet sensation that is Bitsy." <laughs> and it is my goal for everyone to see that when they see my little dog. <laughs> And uh, Julie, it will be, I'm just thinking, we're going to have a challenge here on Friday because Monica is arriving. Monica's taking Friday off so that she can come down and spend some quality time with Corny before Corny and Bitsy shoves off. So who knows what's going to be going on upstairs on Friday night between Corny, Monica, and Bitsy fighting over the same attic turf. <laughs> just... And again, Monica is one of five sisters, right? So remember that, Corny. Like, she's used to fighting for beds. She fought with Sluff for many, many years. So she's I'm got some good I'm, I'm sandwiched between two brothers, so I'm, I'm a pretty good fighter myself, Julie. Oh, Liz, it's going to be good. We want a full report. Okay. All right. Anything else we need to cover while we have the elusive Corny Cole uh, on the air, Julie? Anything else you've been dying to, uh, to ask? Well, I, I, I really, I want, I, we, you know, we want to hear what you're, you know, what's going on with your gap year and, and just continued success. So we want further reports. So you have to promise today that you're going to come back on our podcast and uh, give us an update. I promise. Okay, I, I, I shall return. I will, I shall return to my favorite podcast in the whole wide world. <laughs> All right. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> All right. uh, okay. So we're just going to wrap up today's show. There were a couple of things that I wanted to mention from the Facebook group because there's been lots of good activity over there. Um, here, where are my notes here? Okay. The, 
<laughs> oh, first, uh, Shirley posted in the Facebook group. Julie, I don't know if you've seen this yet, but she knows there's a there's a fan group across the Satellite Sisterhood, fans of the U.S. Postal Service. Yes, and yes. she wanted us to know that today in history is the day the U.S. Postal Service was founded, July 26, seventeen seventy five. I didn't know that. So, well, congratulations to the U.S. Postal Service. So that's good. And then in the spirit of everybody having some uh, Satellite Sisters fun this summer, thank you, Danielle, for posting the photo of your squad kayaking. That's a good I one. I love that. I her love whole, that. Her whole team kayaking. And Cindy, thank you for posting the photo. That was really a good one. It's six friends on the beach. What I love about their story, Julie, is that they met 22 years ago because they all had boys in the first grade together. So, Mothers of boys, they you bond. You just bond a lot when you were a mother of a boy. That's that is an awesome picture. And yeah, get more pictures, please. We love these. Yes, and if you want to do that on Instagram and use our hashtag hashtag Sat Sisters Summer Fun, that's a good one. Then everyone can look at all of your photos. So okay, I think we're going to have to wrap it up here. We one of our activities either tomorrow or. Um, or maybe we'll wait for Monica, is uh, a little bit of our own inner tubing down the Deschutes River, Julie. So uh, maybe you'll be doing that at Nana Camp the same day we're doing that here. We're really looking forward to that. That is, that's a good activity. I, I'm going to pass on the terrifying alpine slide. I'm going to make my husband take the grandkids on that. But tubing, I'm in charge of. So, yes, it's enjoyable and relaxing. <laughs> All right. So, Courtney, thank you so much for joining us. I'll see, you in, I'll see you in five minutes in the living room. And... <laughs> Okay. Corny, it was so great to talk with you. So good to hear you, Julie. Uh, okay. And you know how to stay in touch with us. You can join our Satellite Sisters Facebook group. You can like our Satellite Sisters Facebook page. That's where we post notices from us. You can follow us on Twitter, at Sat Sisters. Um, and you can email us. Our email is sisters at satellite sisters.com. So everybody, one more, one more thing, Corny, what's your Twitter, uh, uh, handle at Corny Cole. So C O R N Y K O E H L. And I promise a, a fresh, uh, bitsy Twitter today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you have it. We are the Satellite Sisters, complete with our sixth sister today, Corny Cole. Um, So don't forget, call your Satellite Sister.